Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is a Friday. You know what that means. It's time for your AEW review. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, as always, joined by Iron Brew aficionado. Aaron the Statman Suckliff, he's just been schooling me on the science of decamping Iron Brew into sealed containers. How's it going, mate? <laughs> Um, Alright, um, can you tell I've been at this computer for a little bit as I've got the like 600 mils of Iron Brew. That's a lot the of Iron very, Brew. The very large Tim Hortons cup. What's and that got in? Like, is that got... 20 pack Tim oh, you got it. So, right, Tim Hortons, that, that's not... A, I've had Tim Hortons, I've been to America and Canada, but it's not a thing in the in like England yet. Is it a big thing in Scotland at the moment? So? It, it's quite big, yeah. Maybe they just like cold, desolate places. To be, to be fair, saying that, I don't remember one being in Aberdeen when I lived up there. Not, nothing's in fucking Aberdeen. <laughs> Why, but we've just got one in Dunfermline, willy nilly. Yeah. There's, there's Brewdog and some oil, like platforms, and that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, quite a thing in Scotland. So, wait, have you, have you got a, a, an iron brew, a coffee, and cake? No. Oh. The coffee was finished during the news recording, which I've just done. Oh, right, okay. So that was drunk whilst that was a thing. But I did also have a full one of these before, during that podcast. So lots of liquids have been consumed. Lots of liquids. You are yeah. well hydrated, which is good, because we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. So we are going to start, uh, as has become the sort of norm now, with a, a sort of brief rundown of last week's Rampage. Um, so we had, as always, three matches, and again, I really love this like this sort of fixed three match format because it just it just bangs, doesn't it? It just gets yeah. really quick. Um, like I'll watch t- tonight's one tomorrow morning when Mabby breakfast, and it'll be a great time. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's like it's like second month of cartoons for grown ups. Um, so we started off with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Orange Cassidy and Wheelie Uther. Now this is interesting, isn't it? Because like Adam Cole and Fish are sort of like getting back together a bit like because the books were injured they've not been cleared and it's almost a bit like Adam Cole's trying to like sew his own like little his click his yeah, own little click he's getting his undisputed mates yeah his... with re- well with reports about um, Kyle O'Reilly's contract yeah coming up yeah. And, you know you've got to think if he doesn't resign so and, we just and... spoke about that apparently Kyle O'Reilly's pretty shocked of like it's needing renewed because he was out with when COVID happened because of his diabetes. So he's he's up quicker than he thinks is what you're saying. Because he reckons that he should add more time in his contract because he was off. Like they tend to say when they mm. want to keep someone. Well, they've, well, they've just added time onto Candice LeRae's because she was pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. But they haven't done it. I mean, for Kyle, it's, it's so. been it's been a banner year for WWE just forgetting to do contract things, hasn't it? So. <laughs> 
that's exactly what I said. So it's... whether it's forgetting to give Malachi a, a ninety-day release clause, whether it's forgetting about Adam Cole existing, um, you know, it's they've had a good time with that, and uh, AEW have really benefited quite nicely. I mean, if they want to bring in Kyle, fine, but don't give us surfer dude Kyle like we have done the past year. I'd well, rather not. No, but they're not going to bring Kyle O'Reilly and make him shit at Orange Cassidy. <laughs> they've, already got, they've already got real orange custody it's fine they don't need it that is true uh, good just bring him in and make him and Bobby Fish do Red Dragon stuff for like a couple of years I, I, I'd be all for that the music's already there so yeah Bobby Fish is literally using the music so <laughs> uh, this match was really good fun though um, again this is kind of a weird one because it's like the it's the can you call it the B team of best friends when Orange Cassidy is like the most over part of the entire stable? <laughs> but they're not like the regular tag team. Obviously, it's not Chuck and Trent. It wasn't Chuck in any capacity, which I thought they'd go like either Chuck and Wheeler or Chuck and Orange. Uh, no, it's Ch- Chuck might still be injured because he's not had any matches, has he? Was Chuck? Is, was Chuck is he, I'm sure he was injured for a while, was he not? Like briefly. I don't know. I know, I know Trent's been like buggered for a bit, only, but yeah, he's like properly out for a bit. But yeah, no, it was an interesting pairing. But this, it, it was a really fun match. Like, I think all four guys worked really well. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a fun, fun, fun match, wasn't it? Um, yeah, everyone got a bit of action. Yeah, it's not like anyone looked bad in it. So even Utah, Utah nearly got a three yeah. out. He got a close two with a sent on. Yeah. Yeah, um, and in the end, there was some hijinks towards the end with Cole and interrupting Uther and then Bobby Fish hitting with the um, Avalanche Falcon Arrow for the win. I'm surprised Bobby Fish was capable of doing that with his legs, you know. Well, he, he hit it on Sammy, didn't he? But it didn't. It wasn't good. It didn't get the win. No. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, fun match. Nice yeah. way to start the show. Uh I'm starting to like seeing Bobby Fish in action now. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. I mean, you don't want him. You don't want him like in a sixty-minute Ironman match with like Jake Hager. No. But you know, <laughs> you throw him in a match like this with three of the guys, you can go. Then you're having a good time. Yeah, I'm all for it. Do more of that, please. Just be Adam Cole's stooge, please. Yeah. Backstage, Tony Schiavone interviewing Tony Nice. Um, basically, Nice said he was here scouting the best in AEW. Sammy Guerrero comes out. Uh, he challenges him for the TNT title. Sammy accepts. Then Nice just bars him um, and then kneels on his ribs. Basically, because says, emphasis on kneels on the ribs. Yeah. He basically said the only reason he's got the TNT title was because guys like him went available yet. So, yeah. That's a bold statement, but sure. So then next week, uh, also, so that's on next week's Rampage. Also on next week's Rampage, we are going to have FTR versus the Lucha Bros in a two out of three falls match. For the titles, yeah. For the TNT titles, yeah. yeah. Tag yeah. titles, so the tag titles, yeah. So we're going to have a, a TNT title match and a tag title match on next week's Rampage. That is a stacked card. Yeah. Um, Mad. No mind, this is the Black Friday show. So while this was happening, a lot of people were out buying new tellies and, and whatnot. Um, but Britt Baker was was dealing with her own um, Black Friday shenanigans. So the next up was the, the Black Friday deal match, which is still stupid. It's a, it's a title limit match. Um, so Britt Baker versus Riho. If Riho wins, she gets a women's title match. Um, again, fun match. Um, Riho's really good, and she? She's really good at the wrestling. Yeah, uh, not I mean, the biggest fan of her. Once, but yeah. once you get over the fact that she looks like about a 12-year-old girl. A child, yeah. 
but she, she, she can't have moved. She's fast. And like we, we talked about this a while back. I remember um, saying about how, like, because she's so small, she has to do everything like super fast to make it look like it hurts. Yeah, our finishers uh, double stomp when it shouldn't be. Yeah, um, she's, that's no Finn Balor coming down on you, is it? Yeah, it's not any thick boy or muscly, glassy, or like, get a better move for your size, please. Well, she actually used one of her other safety moves here. She used that um, sort of completely complicated roll-up, like the side-on roll-up she used. Yeah, aye, um, yeah. Which got the free, actually picked up the surprise win here. Gives so, her, so we're keeping that title eliminator streak alive because this isn't a title eliminator no, match. So if this was a title eliminator <laughs> match, then this, this is the first time in AEW someone's ever won it if they win, they get a title shot match. But yeah. they didn't call it officially a title eliminator match. So, so the streak still, is still alive. It's a like Black Friday deal match. <laughs> so still nobody has won a title eliminator match, technically. To be fair, they are having to rush in a competitor for Britt Baker, a number one contender. Because all mean, other women yeah, have been in the tournament. Well, yeah, everyone's in the tournament, and they are just kind of yeah. treading water now until Thunder Rosa can do big fighting with her, aren't they? So, yeah. So, so that's, I, gonna, that's gonna be lovely, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, if Rio and Brett will be good. The match is serviceable in my eyes. Yeah. In this, so. And putting them in a title match with higher stakes and presumably them going a bit crazy is only going to be better. Yeah, I'm all so, for it. Yeah, yeah, bring bring it on. Uh, and then we get to the main event. Before that, we get the little Mark Henry split screen. Um, I love that Eddie Kingston says Daniel Garcia was, quote, too light in the ass to mess with me. Do <laughs> yeah. it. Oh... I was so I'm so I was so ready for this match. I was yeah. really looking forward to it. This just 2.0 Garcia and Eddie Kingston. Just can what? Just put them together. Fuck it. 2.0 just run around like your uncles after they got on the absinthe after Christmas dinner. <laughs> I go for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, fucking love it. And this match was really, really good fun. So it kind of started with um, Kingston just sort of took control early on with like a lot of physicality, like slaps, drops. At one point, he just had Garcia in the corner and just slap him in the face like repeatedly. Yeah, I, I got a bit vicious like at some points in this match. Yeah, and then there was sort of like a turning point where Kingston went for like a top rope, like almost like a fame match, like an axe kick. Yeah. And um, he fucked his knee up like real bad on the land and he sold like he fucked his knee up real bad and then God, it was really nice they let Garcia sort of take over there and he used like a lot of his like map based like submission stuff and he was like there was that bit where he had that knee bar on and yeah. you saw him like really twist the leg yeah. and it looked absolutely horrible and then like after he tapped out after after he tapped out he got the rope sorry he sort of pulled him back and stood on his chest and just like twisted his knee <laughs> it looked absolutely horrendous in like yeah. the best way it was it was it really looked effective like it really fucking hurt it was good how the the way this match worked is they were like oh he's really going for this leg but because he's inexperienced and whatnot he lets his anger take over so he just starts striking him again yeah but i think every so often positioned himself by the ropes and he was like he was working very defensively and like using his experience like to sort of carry counter that and as you say it was a bit like where he was like he almost wanted to bait garcia into just like rushing him yeah, and like playing, in, and every time he he got close, that's when Eddie could sort of like strike back and like and like you know, yeah, it was it was a fantastic match, and it, it I mean Eddie got the win. Uh, he hit, he went for a hurricane, missed, and hit a second one. 
like yeah. straight away. He, he messed it. He goes around farming. Just hit you again and <laughs> just smack yeah. in the face. Like, like most people with those sort of finishers should do. Yeah. Just constantly go for your finish. <laughs> like if it misses, just try it again, mate. He's still yeah. right there. <laughs> your move is literally a one-hit bomb. I'm sure you'll hit it at some point. Uh, but yeah, but Garcia looked really, really good in defeat here. Like he didn't. It wasn't a squash. It was a real back and forth. And like Garcia got to show all of his like skills, and he's so good, isn't he? Like he's it he's going to be because he's going to be amazing, Daniel Garcia. Yeah, this this match works because you don't always see Eddie Kingston play defensive. No, that's that's what makes this match work. Well, even against Garcia. Punk, it was just all offense, wasn't it? Like he, mm. he wasn't. This was how he had to. He knew like he'd he'd then, up here. And he'd hurt himself. But then everyone goes offensive on Punk. Is my issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with Christian. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So Eddie Kingston picks up the win. Really, really fun main event. Um, like crowd are really into it. Like Eddie again, just like one of the most over guys. On the roster, isn't he? Like the pop he gets, the pop when he when he got that pin was enormous. Yeah, that is so good. Uh, it's great seeing Eddie Kingston get wins as well. Yeah. So, well, that's a good thing about Eddie is like you could believe that Garcia could have got the upset here. Oh like, yeah, because yeah. of because of how Eddie's booked and like how mm. we know his position on the card. Like he's, uh, he's, he's he's like sort of like the very bottom of the main event, isn't he? Eddie, he's sort of like Eddie, Eddie, I'd say is on par with like Orange Cassidy, as and they can take beans. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. Like, they don't not. need. They don't need to win all the time. Like they've got. Yeah. They've got like believability regardless of what the, the record is. But his record's really good. Like they showed it on the way out, and he's only lost like eight matches this year. Uh, how many has he won? Like twenty nine or something stupid like that. Uh, that's not too bad. Like a sixty percent. I think he feasts on dark. I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, when you go uh, on the pay on a paper, if you look at that, if you filter off the pay per view, maybe it's not looking so good. <laughs> But yeah, you know, he does okay. Uh, after the match, 2.0 attack Eddie. Uh, Chris Jericho, who's been on commentary, actually doing a pretty passable job on commentary. To be fair, Jericho on this on this episode, he was he wasn't too loud. Maybe saving his voice for that fuzzy though. Uh, I, I don't know what you're on about. He's no being in the UK. He wasn't shouting. Uh, he wasn't shouting quite so much. Uh, no. No, he wasn't. He wasn't in Liverpool on Monday. No, it's fine. No, 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 no. Um, so yeah, Jericho ran down to the ring uh, to clear out. Uh, Jeff Parker just fucks off. No, Matt Lee fucks off and Jet leaves Jeff Parker to get done in by Jericho in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And he takes a yeah. gnarly spell over. He takes like the, 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 the top clothesline and he just like twists and bounces off like the middle rope or something as he, as he goes over. Yeah. It, looked, uh, it looks particularly horrible. This, um, is, this is just to say see you later to Jericho for a bit, ain't it? Well, it, it, it spins into dynamite, but, doesn't it? But, but he's definitely not went away to the UK no, More to do a fuzzy tour. No, no, absolutely More not. Um, they might be planting a seed for a Jericho Kingston versus 2.0 tag match, which I wouldn't be against. I think that'd be fun. No offense, that's only 2.0. Like, surely it would, surely you would think it would turn into Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho match. Oh, I mean, that would Sur- be- surely that's what you would go for. Yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, so, I'd have a bit of that. I'd I'd go for that over the tag match. Anyway. I'd love Jericho trying to cut like a goofy face promo against Kingston. Kingston just turned to fuck himself or something. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it says it all. <laughs> Jericho trying to be his like cool dad. Kingston just having none of it. Nah. Uh, yeah, so that was it. Really fun episode of Rampage. Um, probably the best one they've done for for a little bit actually. I thought it was very wrestling based. There wasn't a lot in the middle, but 
as a guy that doesn't like loads of wrestling in his wrestling, you know, the guy that always complains about Excuse it. Excuse me, sir, there is too much wrestling in this wrestling. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I have some more bullshit, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the three matches, even the Rio match, which, even though there's always certain people I just don't like watching, but it was serviceable for me, so. Yeah, fair. But the other two were bangers as well, so. Right, so then we'll move on to this week's Dynamite then. Um, first thing to note is that we have a two-man booth to start with. Uh, obviously, JR has taken some time away to begin his cancer treatment in earnest. Uh, so we have Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. Uh, however, we're getting a a very sort of indie... So this happens a lot in the indies, especially they happen a lot in PWG and Chikara, is you'll just have random wrestlers who just come out and join the, the booth for a match or two. And they'll just well, like, it was announced that a high man was made to be in charge the whole show. Well, they made it sound like that, but then they very yeah. quickly said, like when the show started, that he was like special commentary for that match. And they, they, so they did it very well here. I thought, like they they basically brought a guy out when the match had like implications for his story. Yeah, and they turned it into part of the story, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. So we get Adam Page out first. He joins the conference team. He doesn't say an awful lot. <laughs> No, he just says, God bless you, cowboy shit. Sounds like he's terrified to like, to, like, jump in at the wrong time or say the wrong thing. So he just, like, shuts up and just, yeah, just interjects every now and then. Like, it doesn't do, it doesn't call any action. He doesn't, like, he doesn't interject at any points in, like, any sort of tidbits about Danielson. He makes to a be few... fair, it's not often we see him on commentary or... No, we... the last time was the, the famous has-been-drinking um, picture, wasn't it? Like, that was yeah. the last time he was behind the desk. Uh, so yes, this was Brian Danielson versus local boy Alan Angels, number five, the Dark Order. Massive whole um, time pop. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he, well, this is actually apparently the um, the arena he graduated in. Uh, he, had his, fair, he, huh? he had his graduation here. Um, and wow, I tell you what, if you need someone to if you need someone to lose convincingly against a top star, Alan Angels is your first call, isn't he? You, you always forget how good he is, even though literally a couple of weeks ago he went toe-to-toe again with Kenny Omega. Yeah, he, he had another banger with Kenny. I love yeah. that bit at the start where, where he, he jumps up on the turnbuckle and does like the five punches and then he does like the backwards swan dive. Yeah, and the, after the five the fans continue and he just goes no, five! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he actually had a fair bit of offense at the start and then Danielson just went nah, fuck this mate. <laughs> just started beating the piss out of him. Yeah, just went right, you've had your couple of minutes of time you're getting battered now. There's a point where Angels almost got win with a backslide, and then he did have a nice, um, a nice little bit in the middle where he hit like the two, he hit like the suicide dive, and then the eye on himself. Don't Google that. Um, <laughs> onto the Andangus on the outside, then he came back in and hit the standing Spanish fly. That was like a little flurry where you thought, okay, he's building something. I mean, not, there was no, there was no danger you ever thought he was going to get the win. Yeah. But, you know, he, he gave a good show. And then, um, yeah, I liked the, the ending. So Danielson hits the running knee. Right, that, that's clean him out. And then he, 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 he sort of motions to the crowd like, no, 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 that's not enough. The psycho knee. The psycho it? knee, yeah. Then he grabs him by the wrists and like, kicks him in the face a load. And then he looks at the crowd again. He's like, no, 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 that ain't enough. And then he puts, yeah. him, in the knee, then he puts him in the knee bar. He taps out like instantly. And as he's, as he's got him in the knee bar, he's like flexing his bicep. Just like with one arm. <laughs> what an arsehole. What an actual arsehole. <laughs> right, I've got... So obviously we are we are ha- we are having a, a heelish Daniel Bryan here, I and mean, he picks up the win. Obviously, he he gets the tap out victory. Um, we are seeing a heelish Daniel Bryan, but nothing he's actually done is full heel. Well, 
see when he was a heel last time in another company when he was all green and all that. There was never anything bad about it. He, was he never just, actually done it. Was, it, it was just, he's, he's not like going around kicking guys in the dick or like hitting people with chairs or anything like that. Yeah, he, he never actually does anything. He's not. Bad. He's not like a. He's not like a cartoon supervillain. He's just a bit of a prick. He just shouts at the crowd and just yeah. goes, "Haha, you're stupid." He just. He's. He's more like. Just a car, he's more. He's more just like I know I'm better than you, and I'm gonna yeah. beat you in a wrestling match, and I'm gonna kick you real hard in the face. You know what I'm saying? Literally, his first line talking to the crowd on the mic after the match is, "I snapped his MCL." Not that any of you know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> so yeah, so Hangman comes out and comes out from commentary and he's going to get involved, but he can't. Apparently, if he, um, if he attacks Hangman, there's going to be um, suspension. If he attacks Dynasty, there's going to be suspensions if they get together. So then John Silver comes out and basically says, yeah, you can't touch him. I can. He runs down. Next week, we're getting John Silver versus Danielson in Long Island. Everyone's going to cry when he makes John Silver like bleed out of his face or something. Yep. Um, it's going to be horrible, but we're all going to have a sad time. <laughs> going to put him down like an alternative to Bambi. This is like, this is like perfect like placement on where the arenas are. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's weird. incredible how this has fallen in. So it was yeah. like, it was Chicago, then Atlanta, then Long Island. That's mad that they managed that. Even more so to this. They announced that the the match has been booked, the Danielson Hangman match, for two weeks' time for Winter is Coming. And that mm-hmm. is in Dallas. Home of the Cowboys. Home of the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm sure they haven't planned it because they won't book venues around the storyline. But the way it's all fallen, the way they managed to build to put this all together using these locations has been fantastic. That's what I'm saying. They could literally go, oh, what a coincidence that. Dark Order are from this state, this state, this state. Let's go. Yeah, it just worked so well. And it's Perfect. like the, the ones you want to see as well. Like you want to see yeah. uh, Brian versus Alan Angels. You want to see Brian versus John Silver. Yeah. I mean, I'd yeah. still want to see Brian and Stu Grayson, but, you know, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. Yeah. Stu, let Stu Grayson do his flurry. I don't think, I don't think um, the world can handle a match that stiff. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right then, next up. Oh, yeah. So, um, so as soon as John Silver runs the ring to have a fight, Danielson just fucks off basically. Him and Paige like have a little bit of a confrontation, and then Danielson just walks away. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're getting Silver and Danielson, Danielson, aye. Danielson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And next week, as you say, we'll, we'll cry, but it'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be, fine. They'll, they'll all be fine in the end. Yeah. Dark Order is always fine. So basically then, next up we have Miro in a white room, all white, and he basically says that he has to fight God, essentially. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he said something, didn't he? Like, now he has to like fight you for her, or something? Yeah, because he was fighting for love, but now he's fighting for war, or... Someone else? He basically, uh, there's a lovely line. He says he, he will storm the gates of heaven and make it bleed. I don't know what that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm scared, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> I assume Lana's getting involved. That there's wife talk every yeah, single there's, there's week. More, there's wife talk intensifies. Um, yeah, in this promo. Yep. 
Um, so then next up, we have match two. We have CM Punk versus Lee Moriarty. Beautiful MF2 mask from Moriarty in his entrance. Is that not just a normal mask? That he no, he, he wore it especially as a tribute to um, MF Doom. Who was, do you know who MF Doom is? Should I? He, he was a rapper who wore a mask very similar to that, and he passed away earlier this year. Oh, right. Okay. It was awesome. Um, throw him on your playlist with the Pixies and check him out. I mean, we literally just spoke about Fred from Scooby-Doo in the news podcast. So. Ah, fair enough. And how we, I didn't know who he was until we said Buffy the Vampire Slayer's husband. So. Oh, for any Junior. Yeah, um, yeah, he was a writer for WWE as well. How does everyone know this? Because I'm like thirty-four years old, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have, I have life experience. <laughs> I just know him as Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah, see, I don't because I never saw that film. Because by the time I came out, I was like a fucking teenager. I was too cool for it. I, mean, I was watching Quentin Tarantino films where, where, nah. where, where, where blood and violence happens. Yeah, Scooby Doo, the original, like real life Scooby Doo is great. I was watching Reservoir Dogs. I was the only dog film I was watching. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so we'll move on to big. we'll move on to CM Punk versus Demon Reality. Just before the match starts, MJF comes out in the greatest suit I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, the um, the Jew one. That's. <laughs> <laughs> It's a celebration of his Jewish faith, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, it's got yeah, that one. On. It's got like stars of David. It's bright, like royal blue. Um, I'm glad you say that. Punk, <laughs> Punk refers to it later as Larry David's pajamas. I don't know who Larry David is. Larry David is the star of the sitcom Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was also a writer on Seinfeld. Aaron is frantically Googling Larry David here for those of you who are listening oh, to the podcast. I, I know his face, if that helps. Yeah. Why is there a picture of um, what's her face for um, 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 the Hunger Games? What's her face? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, why is there a picture of her? I don't know. You Googled it, mate, not me. Oh, <laughs> I wish I didn't giggle now. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, MGF comes out and he's going to do commentary on this match. So again, we're, we're doing this like we're using the commentary vacancy to. I mean, I don't think they'll do this. Keep this going forward because I don't think it really worked. Made the made the first half of the show feel a little bit disjointed. Like yeah. having these changes in commentary yeah, towards the second half of the show, Taz comes in and it sort of um, it sort of solidifies. It pulls the show together a bit more, I think, in the second half. And like Taz is the obvious pick here to, to take over because he's an actual commentator. He's done this before. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But it was fun, at least for this like first little bit, to just use this slot to sort of get people out there. And you could you basically turned this this one off match into an advancement in the Punk MJF story, which was quite nice. Yeah, um, I was saying that as you say, there was a lot of commentary by MJF. I did start to take it away from the match. But. Yeah, he, he, he sort of just buries, not doesn't bury the match, but he sort of gets in the way a bit, doesn't he, with his... He's he, a bit he, heavy, he's he, a, he keeps throwing the, these zingers, Yeah, he's basically. a bit... He's a bit um, I mean, I, I do like how, like, every time Punk goes for a move, he's like, oh, yeah, look at me, he looks tired, he looks gassed, he looks like he's out of breath. And it's Which like, he yeah, does. Yeah, and to be fair, he does. He looks, <laughs> and they say he, he's been working through, like, a respiratory problem. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I mean, because he looked like fucking cracked against QT Marshall last week, didn't he? He looked like he was knackered. Um, That's saying something against QT Marshall. Yeah. When you're the, <laughs> when you're the least blown up guy in a QT Marshall match, 
it's QT Marshall, you know something's gone a bit wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> this match was fine. He went off. He's all right, any, you know, he's sound. Yeah, no, I really enjoy his style. I always have. Uh, I think I first saw him last year, yeah. and he's always blown me away anyway. It's, WrestleMania weekend was what against Six One. Well, there was we, a match. We talked about him the other week when he was in that weird tag match, uh, that mad tag match. He's weird because he's very ground based, but he's very fast. Yeah, he's not fast in like a Dante Martin sort of way in that he jumps everywhere, but he's fast in the way that all of his moves happen very quickly. A Finn Balor sort of way is the yeah. best way I think to put it. I think yeah. I literally put it like that last time as well. But yeah, really fun match. Uh, Moriarty almost gets um, a two count. Yeah, three count with that like sort of like sort of like I don't know how to describe it like a scooping driver sort of thing he does. Yeah, that's, that's genuinely the best way to put it. Is that his, is that his finisher? Uh, to be fair, I genuinely couldn't tell you what. It's, I, I didn't watch that many matches of his. Fair enough. So. Um, but yeah, it was really really good. Um, then Punk eventually pulls out the GTS and picks up the win. Roma. Reverse DDT sort of position as well. Yeah, like he sort of yeah, because Moriarty's like going for something, and then he just sort of gets him, like pulls him backwards, and then just puts him up on his shoulder, which was uh, mm. which is quite nice. Um, only apparently, own- apparently his finisher is um, a reverse armbar, which he calls joint custody. Oh, nice! I like that. That's uh, good, isn't it? Uh, my only criticism is the crowd were a bit quiet for this match. They were well, yeah. Well, I think because there was a break in there as well, mm. it got dragged out, and it seemed to be quite a big break because even I was watching, I was like, and I think because of the way that because really of the is. style that Moriarty wrestles, it's a match that you you kind of have to watch him. Yeah, because it's all very intricate and it's all very technical. So it's not like it's not like a Dante jumping off things where you can just like swig your beer back and be like, yeah. It's like you yeah. have to like pay attention and like you can't make a lot of noise. That this was a. Typical CM Punk match getting beatings until like the last minute. Yeah. And it's a shame for Lee Moriarty because he does need the speed in the match to make it his own. I think it worked well because I mean, Moriarty got to really show his stuff off. Um, and he got at, to, at the start, yeah, but it just. He, he got a lot of shit in. Uh, one thing they do mention on commentary as well while they're. Well, they're putting everyone else over. Is um, next week is going to be a battle royale for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. The last, as they always do, they'll have a battle royale, 12 man battle royale. Uh, the last two guys will have a singles match, and the winner will get the ring. Yeah, yeah. so that's coming uh, after the match. MGF makes his way, cuts punk music for him, and then makes his way to the ring. They have another brief promo bit, um, which has some really weird Britt Baker things. Yeah, right. I was going to ask, do you understand these references about CM Punk wanting Britt Baker in bed? Because I, I think, don't. I think MGF's just spinning it out of when Punk was saying that Britt Baker was better than him last week. So he's just taking offence to that. I think it's. Right, it was like, oh, you're brown nosing, so you want. Also, well, apparently, after Dynamite last week, he came out to talk to the crowd with Britt Baker's jacket on, like for a laugh. I've seen the photo of that. Yeah, yeah. That so I think, I think I think I think I think MJF's just a bit pissed that Punk's like favouring Britt Baker over him in terms of saying who the best in AW is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Larry David um, Lyne said about his pants, uh, and right, MJF goes, "I'm going to be better than Piper in Portland." CM Punk does a giggle because he's like, what the fuck? Like everyone else. 
I assume they're on about Piper, but that's why we all laughed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brett in Canada on Punk in Chicago. This is referencing him to being in Long Island next week. Yeah, so he, MJF's really big enough. And he was saying that, like, yeah. next week... And there's this, I love how they're setting him up for, like, the pantomime style for him. Basically, he said next week the fans are going to cheer for him because he's back in Long Island where he's from and he's going to be this big returning hero. And it's going to... Obviously, he's going to get booed out of the building because he's a prick. So yeah. it's going to be really fun <laughs> just to watch that. You know, I, th- I reckon he might get cheers, likes until he <laughs> says something and then yeah. he gets booed. <laughs> Yeah, so it looks like they're going to... Um, oh, and he, he goes full heel because he basically said he wants to kill Punk's dog. He, he genuinely says, <laughs> I'm going to put your dog to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for Punk. Punk's like out for, for violence. But as he jogs up towards MGF, Wardlow, a wild Wardlow appears. And um, yeah, the referee's part and separate. So yeah, fair play. Yeah. Wardlow, um, looks, Wardlow looks ridiculously like tight, he just, doesn't he? He's just getting bigger and... Bigger, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Really. I'd like to beat my fists future <laughs> against that chest. I did not know where you were going. With that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. Okay, yeah. Next yeah. up, then we had uh, Britt Baker backstage. Basically, said they have the, the, the tease. Basically, basically says Rio beat her last week, and she's gonna get a title shot. But then next week, she's got to get past Jamie Hayter. They have a little bit of friction, don't they? Because like Britt's like, "Where oh, were well, you lost?" Uh, to you lost your title match, you, you talking about him. And then Britt was like, um, Jimmy Hate was like, Yeah, but you lost to Rio, so you know, what are you gonna do? Exactly. And they're like, Ah, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll just move on from this. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't don't worry about it. The hater doesn't DMD at the end. No, Rebel no, she doesn't. Tony Rebel does. begs her to again. Tony does, Rebel does, Britt does. Jamie yeah. just like stands there staring down the camera. So there's definitely something going on here. Like, it's it's happening. As long as we get Jamie Hater on our TV, I'm happy. Yeah, when Jimmy hates music, more importantly. More important. <laughs> that, that, that's insane. You know, she's a bad wrestler. <laughs> We're no, no. just here for her music. She's, yeah. she's awesome, and her music absolutely slaps. Uh, her um, music helps, yes. Next up, we had possibly my favourite moment of the night, which was Adam Cole coming out to do commentary and going to the ring to do his full entrance before he moves back to the commentary desk. <laughs> He's got to get that boom in, mate. Tony Khan nice. paid for that boom. <laughs> That's why he's here for just for that weekly boom. That's all it is. So there's some sort of unannounced Orange Cassidy match because he comes out, except the match doesn't happen because he basically comes out and gets into it with Adam Cole. Well, the young books sneak around the back of him, but they walk but right past out him. The tunnel that's on his <laughs> that he's facing, like right into. Him. So I don't know. I mean, look at them shades. They must like block his vision from like you know peripherally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is the heel tunnel. So yeah. So it was, I love this. So, like, they turn around, and, like, eventually Orange Cassidy turns around to confront the books. He does, like, the, the, the Orange Cassidy kicks. And then as he's about to, like, do the, the super kick, Adam Cole just low blows him, like, takes him right out. Yeah. And then the, then the books do, do the Orange Cassidy kicks on Orange Cassidy, which is hilarious. Yeah. Like, and, the orange... and, like and the crowd play along with it, even though it's the books doing it. Yeah. What's great is before he gets low blowed is. Um, Orange is doing the oh, oh, making the crowd do the noise whilst he's kicking the butts like gently. And then Adam Cole just low blows him and the crowd go, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like, the same noise but different and more intense. And the books, the books do the fake kicks on Cassidy, but then they do a real double super kick to put him down. And then they pick him up for a BT trigger, but then uh, Chuck and Willie to come up with chairs to make the save. And then Nick Jackson's going mad because they've got chairs in their hand. I mean, if the next program here is the books and Adam Cole versus the best friends, then yeah, 
Yeah, it gives, it gives them something to do. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to be bad matches, is it? You know, that's that's all going to be fun. Yeah, I'm all for it. And Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole is a feud I never knew I wanted until right now. Yeah, I was saying we got a tiny little glimpse of it on Rampage, didn't we? And that was fun. Yeah. So give us more, please. Then next up, quick one, Tony Nice talking about um, the title match. Yeah, it says Tony Nice things, doesn't he? It's fine. Uh, I've, I'm Mr. Eight Abs. Hi. Stuff yeah. like that. He looks, he looks fine. I mean, I've been a fan of Tony Nese since he was in uh, TNA way back in the day. When he's he always in, been a good wrestler. Yeah, he was really yeah. good when he was in, he was in that um, he was in that exhibition tournament that Austin Aries won to get a contract way back when. Yeah, even when Two Hundred Five Live first started, he was great. And I, eventually, the, like 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 the majority of the population, I didn't watch Two Hundred Five Live. No, when Two Hundred Five Live first started, people did watch it surprisingly. Uh, I say he got the cruiserweight title match against Buddy Murphy. Yeah, shame it was on the pre-show at Mania, but he won it. At he's, Mania. he's won a title at WrestleMania. He's won a title at WrestleMania. Uh, speaking of winning, Wardlow versus AC Adams. I mean, do I even need to tell you that Wardlow wins in like a minute? Right. You you said there was an unannounced uh, Orange Cassidy match, right? So there wasn't because Adam Cole goes. Why is Orange coming out? He's not scheduled to come out. So, so why think, is Adam Cole going to watch a Wardlow match? Why was Adam Cole? He's a comment. I mean, I'm, I got a feeling like it was just like they just picked like some of their most charismatic wrestlers to be to fill in, and it just just so happened I'm doing the inverted commas that it tied in with the matches that they had stakes in. What a coinky dink! Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh look, we've got MGF, uh, but he's at the point. Although MGF sort of like himself, Hangman, like. I think it was kind of implied the hangman was meant to be there like for longer, but he just sort of got wound up by Danielson and had to leave. He just didn't want to be there. Aye. Yeah. Wanted to chill with his pals. Aye. Um, yeah, Wardlow just destroys this poor lad, basically power bombs him like nine times and then um, pins him. Yeah, literally my only note is why was Adam Cole going to watch this match? <laughs> I mean, Wardlow. Wardlow is over as fuck. Like, the crowd love him. When yeah. he's, a heel, he's a heel, like when he turns face and batters him, yeah, he's going to be the biggest face in the company. That's what I'm saying. This whole contract thing is like they've indicated like he's not got a contract. MJF pays him, but then why would you get your like promo at all out 2019 when he first debuted and stuff in the pre show? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but. No, it's just it's one of I, think, I think they're just hoping you forget all that. Yeah. <laughs> and you just so, it. Sorry, Australia some fans need to forget things. Uh, then next up, we have a little backstage promo with the Lucha Bros, uh, Penta and Pack. Basically announced that it's going to be Penta and Pack versus FTR on Rampage. Apparently, Phoenix had travel issues and couldn't make it to this show. Right, okay. Pack yeah. has an eye patch because you are. Uh, he basically, you um, is it Alex? Was it Alex or Tony? It was Tony, wasn't it? And he's like, "Can you can you compete?" And then Pack just like shows him his other eye. I was like, "Yeah, this eye's fine. I'm good to go." Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, stop, top stuff, right? So this is the point where Taz comes out now and joins the booth, and this is the rest of the show now is Taz on commentary. Um, so yeah, we start off our next match. First up, we have uh, Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. One Ass Boy. Well, it's, they're all out there. They're, they're, they're all out there, but it's one ass boy. It's Billy because, and Colton. Because they're undefeated, mate. Yeah. Um, um, the music just bangs, doesn't it? It, like, straight slaps. 
I don't know what it's meant to be, but I'm for it. Uh, it was catchy. It goes hard. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't quite make sense to be honest, but sure. I like um. I like their um, gear. That was very like. Mm. It reminded me of, like early nineties Shawn Michaels, like when he first like put Janetti well, through the window. Colton that sort and, of gear. Colton and Austin are basically doing the um, smoke guns like entrance, aren't they? With like firing the guns off and posing and. Yeah, <laughs> so they're they're really embracing their dad's um, their dad's legacy. It's, it's fair play to them, to be honest. Yeah, and so they were against Darby Allen and Sting, and yeah, again fun match. Because guess what, Tuesday they're undefeated. So yeah. I I don't know if you got that, but so, it's the battle of the two undefeated so, so, teams. Something's got to give, and neither are ranked in, in the team competition either, which is formidable. So two undefeated teams go at it because I didn't hear that enough times. Yeah. yeah, it was a fun enough match. Uh, Darby, like, there was a nice bit where Darby went for a um, the coffin splash, which is the coffin drop he does, like just off the sort of second rope, isn't it? Or something? Yeah. And he thought he was going to do it on Colton, but he tagged in Billy, and Billy just catches him because he's hench as fuck. Because he's a big boy. <laughs> I think he <laughs> throws him on the floor, basically. Yeah. Which was really nice. Uh, enjoyed that. Billy looks great. I mean, we say it all the time. Like, Mid 50s? 58. 58? Yeah. Oh, he's going up there and he's still looking that fucking ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so there's just a lot of Darby just getting worked over. Uh, Darby gets a cut on his head. Yeah, the top of his head, which yeah. is definitely not pain, as commentary state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And they have like, the nice little bit of, bit of misdirection, so um, Sting locks in the Scorpion Deathlock, and then... Um, on Colton. Is it Colton? That, yeah, that's after Colton does it on Sting, but yeah. eh, on Darby, but really badly. Well, then like, Darby, the goes, even tied. Darby goes to like stop Billy from interfering to break yeah. the hold. But as he's doing that, Austin comes in and breaks it up, which is, yeah. which is a nice little bit of misdirection. I enjoyed that. That was cool. Yeah, a bit of a little famous for the boys on Sting. Yeah, but um, Dar- Darby yeets himself at Austin on the outside. Yeah, and again. then he eats himself at Billy, bounces off Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Billy Gunn's a, even Billy Gunn's Taz, a meat wagon mate, that's why. Even Taz pisses himself laughing <laughs> on commentary. You just think whenever Austin Gunn closes his eyes now, he just sees Darby flying to him. <laughs> Two weeks now, all right. That's fair. Fuck it. He wakes up screaming in the middle of the night. Uh, I noticed in the match as well, Billy Gunn's that hench, right? He didn't want to get the crucifix bomb like hit on Dar- by Darby, so he doesn't want to fall back and land on his neck. Basically, yeah. So he, uh, he, he, he just falls back, but he really awkwardly falls back. Like his shoulders aren't even on the ground. He's like wiggling away, trying <laughs> to get out. Um, yeah. So then finishes. Darby hits the stunner on Colton. Like the top stunner, and as Colton sort of staggers backwards, Sting hits him with a scorpion death drop. Like the pop for Sting hitting that scorpion death drop is huge. Like when you've been in the Sting. business. When you've been Mental. in the business as long as Sting has, you can pop them. You can pop an arena full of people by hitting a reverse DDT. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane. The fact that his finishers are reverse DDT upsets me so much. But I mean, again, as you say, he's a legend in the game. So yeah, it was it was fun. I don't know how long this feud's got left to run. Um, it feels like it might be petering out a bit. Uh, well, one's now not undefeated, so yeah, exactly. I don't, there's no. I, there's no it doesn't matter now. It's irrelevant. 
Um, so then next, Chris Jericho is backstage, and he basically said he wants to take out two. He wants to take out two That's why he attacked them. Uh, and then two run in, and they throw him into a box so hard that he appeared in the UK in uh, a series of sold out kicks. Well, 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 you say that, but the fucking interview had Sting's music in the background. I'll have you know, so it was live. Oh, absolutely, so yeah. It was definitely live because yeah, Sting's music. Just was don't in look, the don't look at his Instagram account. It's fine. No. <laughs> It's a fake Chris Jericho in the UK, I'll have you know. He definitely uh, wa- wasn't wearing the same stuff he was wearing on Rampage either. Definitely not. Next up, Leo Rush came out to basically have a go at Team Taz. Um, basically, Rush said, so this is basically setting up a storyline for next week. So it turns out Leo Rush and several members of Team Taz are all in the Battle Royal for the Dynamite Diamond Ring next week. So we'll probably have a little bit of storyline running through that. Do you want to talk about what Taz said on going today about it? Well, on the mic about it. Oh, it's Steiner math. It's Steiner math. So you said they've got a quarter of the competition. They've got a quarter of the field, which means they have a 125% chance of winning. Because they were already going to win it. Yeah. At least that has made sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he basically says that um, Tyson Sleeve should just retire and then Dante Martin and Ricky Starks come out and sort of get in his face. And yeah, so it ends. Yeah. Fair play. I mean, I mean the, the one thing, the one thing that AEW always do really well in their battle rails is they weave storylines through, don't they? So they, yeah. they all sort of like they'll be like little, they'll be guys squaring off these guys who they have beef with throughout this match next week, which will be really so cool. You're going to get Leo Rush and Donny like staring at each other, yeah. And Leo probably gets ganged up on and Donny stays away. So Hobbs just throws him into low orbit. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely be like that. But the segment was really awkward because Leo Rush was like. Uh, He's been set up to be this heel who's just buying out Donnie Martin. But now but then, that Donnie Martin's yeah, but, got but, a better then, deal. So, well, like, Leo Rush came in as a heel and he was meant to be like this business, evil businessman who was like corrupting Dante. And then they got over his baby bases because they were so entertaining. So then in this big baby base tag team and now Dante's turned heel on yeah. <laughs> so Leo Rush the just thing... sat there like quite like a baby, like top baby face. He's just been betrayed by his mate, and he's like, "Well, I was meant to be a bad guy, so what do I do now?" The only thing heel about Donnie Martin is Ricky starts walking behind him, being <laughs> an arrogant cunt. Hi. <laughs> yeah. oh, right. Next up, then we had a Jade Cargill promo, um, basically saying that um, Jade has. Thunder Rosa's basically got no chance against Jade in the next round and Jade's going to be taking on one of Thunder Rosa's students on Rampage this Friday then Thunder Rosa comes in basically says that she's been allowed to commentate on one match this Friday and she's chosen this one so she'll be on commentary for Jade's match of course she has she's got a choice that's a stack down so we've got two we've got Bobby we've got um Tony Nice versus Sammy. We've got the title. Yeah, for the title we've got two out of three fours for the tag titles and we've got Jade Cargill with Thunder Rosa on commentary that's a big one-hour show, that. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff to get in. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. Um, okay, then next up, sticking with women's action, we have Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. This is the, the final second-round match, I believe. Quarter-final, yeah. Of the TBS tournament. Um, again, a bit of a bit of a weird one to book this, because they're both big baby faces. They're both really quite popular. Yeah, I. It's it, this was the one that intrigued me the most out of all of them because no... I assume that's why they had it last. Yeah, the last one. You, you couldn't see the path. You could see the path of everyone else based on who else had come through, but this this one obviously could could screw up either way. Um, and it was really really fun. Um, they had a really good time. 
this this was the this was the only match of the night. Uh, if you if you're counting to get an AW chance from the crowd. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair, yeah. And I think I think it was technically the best match of the night in terms of in ring action. In in terms of in ring action, yeah. Um, I really really liked it. It was uh, the the story was kind of. Ruby kept doing these big moves on Statlander and they just couldn't quite get the pin. Yeah. And Statlander would just come back with like mad power and just like just eat her somewhere, which was fun. Power. Power. Like uh, there was a massive like blue thunder bomb, buckle bomb. I was that close to that one. Yeah. Mm. Power bomb. All sorts of nonsense. Uh, big elbows. Uh, oh, that lovely bit where Ruby was on top of Statlander and just hit a poison runner. Yeah. Like she picked yeah. her up for like an uh, electric chair and then Ruby just counted it to a poison runner. Uh, and then the finish of the match came. So after all those big power moves, all the big moves, big high impact moves, Ruby failed. Uh, she basically just counters the Big Bang Theory into a roll up and that's good for the win. It's, and I, I kind of liked how they sold it. Like she had to, she had to like try and get a win a different way. She couldn't just hit her with a big move and pin her. She yeah. tried that and it didn't work. I'm just sick of seeing Ruby Riot win by roll-up. Well, I mean, she ain't winning with no bloody no future kick, is she? Why not? Because it's basically a kick. I, but she should be winning with it. No, she should have a better finisher. She should have a better finisher, but if... <laughs> I mean, again, Sting's got a reverse DDT. Yeah, but Sting's been doing that for 40 years, maybe he's allowed. <laughs> when Sting started doing that, a reverse DDT was a legitimate finisher. That, that is true, yeah. Fair. Uh, and again, yeah. it's like it's like when um when someone asked Jake the Snake, Jake Roberts one time, it's like why is um why is a DDT a transitional move when anybody else does it? It's to finish it when you do it, and he just said, "Well, no one does it as well as I do." That's true. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I just I'm sick of seeing Ruby Soho be the fucking underdog that just wins and no more. Oh, are you ready? Are you ready for a TBS title run? Because you're gonna, you're gonna oh, love that. No, it's not happening. I refuse to believe. No matter she, how much you say it, Tasty. When she underdogs her way to a victory against Jade, Jade Cargill, Cargill's gonna fucking beat her in two minutes to win that title. <laughs> I enjoyed this. Um, like I said, it was a bit of a weird one to book because they were both big baby faces, uh, but it was really good fun. Uh, Nyla, not Nyla. Chris Statlander is always good for it. She, she got a cheeky little booping at the start as well, which was good. Which is always uh, entertaining. Yeah. And yeah. Um, after the match, Nyla attacks Ruby, and Chris runs back and makes a save. So Nyla's Ruby's next opponent. Uh, Vicky distracts Statlander, so yeah. Nyla can attack Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Um, right. Then we'll move on to the main events, probably the match with the most talking points. Well, right. Okay, one talking point, but sure. I mean, if it's, yeah, there's, there's a few things we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, so we are on, on to Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo in a Atlanta street fight, I believe they call it. Yeah, they called it an Atlanta street fight. It's different from every other street fight, you see. Because it's in Atlanta, mate. Mm-hmm. Keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing that's a bit weird is Andrade just keeps his shirt on. Yeah, and you can see there's like... His, his shirt is stuck to his back. Well, that's because, like, right at the start, they like throw beer at each other, aren't they? So they get wet. 
I mean, I I just assumed there was stuff stuck on his back for the spot later on. Well, there's definitely stuff stuck on Cody's back for the spot. Well, later. well, it looks like somebody's jizzed on his back and it's just dried it. That's what that looks like. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he's got like PVA glue, it's like dried all over his back. Um, so right at the start, on Anderson falls over again. I, I don't know if this is intentional or not. I questioned it so. No, hard. it looks like it looks like he fucked up because Jose. I thought like help him up and then start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen them like go. Come on, you can get. It. Come on. And then oh. they can start poking each other when they, they off they go down the ramp. Uh, so on, <laughs> on and Jose take each other out. Uh, because before we we'll, we'll talk about. Arn and Jose, um, we we'll get that out over and done with. They come out later, and Jose's got his shirt off, and fuck me, he's ripped. Uh-huh. Thing is, uh, he's probably training at the factory, Nightmare Factory. He is shredded. Um, yeah, so, um, so apparently, so I, I saw a, a report from someone who was at the crowd at the event for this, and they said when Cody threw his belt into the crowd, You've seen everyone egging the guy on. Yeah, but they, but had a member, they had a member of security go over and tell him, like, you can't throw that back. Nah. Yeah, they had a security guard come over and said, no, you can't throw that back. You, you need to keep that. Is that why you got booed? By... <laughs> Possibly. That'll be why the booze then. Like, really... <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> oh, Andrade came out with an actual knife as part of his entrance. Yeah, because glocks and knives and... All that noise. It's a street fight, so he's getting a stab, Cody. He's stab him, Hey, no, no rules, tasty. It's fine. And then, oh, they had like a bag, like, um, Jose came out like a little, like, doctor's bag, didn't he? Full of like weird things. Um, Andrade has a chain. He hits Cody with a laptop. Um, oh, he hit the split, he hit the split leg moonsault onto, which looks amazing. Like, the way he gets on that. That moonsault that he insists on doing every time, you say it looks amazing. I, I just... like it. I like the speed. I like the whip he gets on it because he, he, yeah. he looks like he looks like he's so close to just smacking his head on um on Cody's body as he like twists around, but he just yeah. just clears it all the time. Um, there was a bit earlier as well where he went he went for a, a moonsault onto a chair on Cody, and Cody just hoofs the chair into his face as he's like over him, and then Cody then rolls like away from him, and he almost lands feet first on Cody's stomach, <laughs> misses him by about oh. an inch. Which looked, so I mean, this this wasn't this wasn't a neat match. There were a lot of like fairly sloppy moments, but I think yeah. it, I think it almost Matt. it almost led to the it almost lent itself to the to the sort of nature of the match. I thought, yeah, because when I looked at the time on the uh, things, I didn't watch it live. There was what 20, 50 minutes left after like the first part, and then it went to break. There was still fifty minutes left, mm. so then like. The next ten minutes after that, it's like they realised they had so much time, so they just dragged everything out a little bit. They just ran around the outside doing moves and stuff. Yeah, um, they, it just seemed a bit dragged out. There was a nice bit where um, after the moves on the chair, Cody goes for the Cody cutter and Andrade just poofs him out the ring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was nice. Um, so then we'll get to the main talking. One of the main talking points of the match um, outside. Andrade is trying to expose the concrete. Cody hits a backdrop onto the concrete. Then he goes looking for plunder under the ring. Finds Ken. He finds a little kendo stick first. That's no good. Yeah, ain't gonna do it. So next up, he pulls out a sledgehammer. Crowd you goes know, wild. You know, because we're ridiculing the guy that that just got out of hospital and stuff. But yeah, mm. sure. 
It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so the, sled- the sledgehammer's no good. He throws that away. He goes digging again. <laughs> and he pulls out a golden shovel. He's a, he's a fight, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as he pulls out the golden shovel, um, Jose appears back in the arena and he's charges up with a taser and like Cody, no lie, hits him clean in the face with the shovel. With the golden shovel. <laughs> like, it clangs off his head like he fucking kills him. Wow. Poor boy. The sacrifices to training, get on TV. <laughs> and they do a lot of, you can, obviously you can, you can tell they've got a lot of time to kill because they do a lot of fucking around with the time to his table which goes nowhere. Like no one goes through it. Yeah, it's just, it, there's a lot of fannying about and the space of like five ten minutes. I like there's a bit in the, the match where like there's a massive we want tables chance and Andrade is in the middle of the ring and he's like nah not the I like that this. though because it started off as he pulled a table out the, underneath the ring mm. but then he pushed it back under <laughs> <laughs> that's what started that it plays I into like, like it plays into like this feud so Andro- the whole point of this feud is like Andrade saying yeah the crowd hate you they hate me as well but I don't care like yeah. I don't care what they think of me so Andrade's like yeah fuck you you ain't getting the tables yeah, which is fun. So the table does get brought in eventually, and um, Cody gets hip tossed into it. Yeah, that's after Taz constantly goes on about how Andrade's putting the table in wrong because the leg gets caught if you put it in up, not upside down. Yeah. So it wastes time. Aye. Uh, and then we get towards the end of the match. Uh, Andrade breaks the second table in. Um, and then they're on the top. Cody sort of takes over. He sort of crushes Andrade on the top rope. And then as they're fighting up top, Cody gets like gets control. Brandy runs out weirdly, like fully disguised, even though fully she's fully like, disguised, yeah. Even if she's a senior member of the company and could probably just walk out if she wanted to. Yeah. yeah. But hey, it's fine. Um she sprays a lot of lighter fluid <laughs> onto the table. Oh fuck me. The actual state of this at the end. So they, they obviously have seen all like the, the botchamanias where tables just won't light and they're like, nah, fuck that. We we, we, we learned from, from the exploding ring death match. We, we're we going to make this shit happen. <laughs> oh boy, did it happen. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of light and fluid on the table. She touches the, the little clicky thing to it and fuck me, it goes up, doesn't it? Oh, she shits herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, she still got like, I, I was having the panic because she still got the fucking light and fluid in her hands. And she was still squeezing it out. And I'm like, she not? if right. she's not careful, they're going to fucking go. Aye. <laughs> Fuck me. So Brandy yeah. set the table on fire. Cody hits like a reverse suplex. Yeah. Through the table. Except like Andrade hits about like 5% of it. it it's the whole doing the query cutter through the table. Like, not, not, not the query cutter, the crossroads, crossroads through, yeah. through the table again. Like it's Cody that's going through the table. Cody's like entire back just goes fuck off right through. Right. And because he's done this suplex, he can't go anywhere. So he's just his back is burning on top yeah. of this table. He can't go anywhere. He's stuck. So next thing you know, when he turns over, there's just plastic from the skin of the table attached to him. Yeah, there's like black bits of like burnt table like stuck to his back and it looks absolutely horrible. Uh, he, he gets a pin on Andrade uh, while his arm is still on fire. Yeah, his arm's still on fire and his uh, leg is still on fire yeah. as well. Uh, that's it. That's good. Obviously, that's good for the um, for the win. 
like Andrade had to actually go, Cody, Cody, stop pinning me. You're burning me. Yeah, you're on fire, <laughs> and it's really hurting me as well. It's like, yeah, uh, oof, what a finish. I mean, it was an out of nowhere finish. Um, all for it. Fair play. Yeah, you, you didn't. I mean, you didn't see fire on a weekly episode of um, Dynamite. Exactly. I didn't see that coming. So yeah, fair play. So fair, fair play to Cody and Andrade for doing it as well. Whenever Cody's got a big match in Atlanta, expect a big whoa, because last time he done the moonsault off the cage against yeah. Wardlow. So yeah, true. Expect big things next time in Atlanta. <laughs> I know that was a really fun match. Um, it was, I mean, credit to the guys. They, they left. They, they they did some stupid shit. <laughs> like, I don't think Cody's ever going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed all of it. Um, it was just silly enough. It was just ridiculous. It was just like garbage enough to be entertaining. Yeah, it was just the one spot that made it like proper garbage wrestling. But yeah. so in theory, it's I mean, not really. I like. I even like. Like, I have no problem with Brandy being out there. So I, I like this idea that like Brandy's trying to push Cody in this like obvious direction because she was like the look on her face was like she was like yeah come on yeah. I think it's going to be her character that's sort of, sort of going to nudge him towards being a heel. I think it's going to nudge him towards turning. If if they do generally turn him heel and make it work, I'm all for it because Nidia likes Brandy, let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's the main event. That wraps up Dynamite. So, do you want to hit me with your highs and lows then, Aaron? Um, I am a high as much as I said it dragged on a bit. It's going to be that main event. Like, there was good bits in there. Like, it was 50-50s on the table, and then it was like, one fall the way. Yeah. <laughs> all the way to 10. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you see fire, that's it, you're in. Wow. Like, it, it was good because there was no idea of it happening. It just, Brandy just ended up bringing lighter fluid out where, and I was like, okay, we're setting a table on fire. Right, cool. And the whole Andrade not using a table, like, helped build that up as well. Mm. Um, Malou. Um, and it's going to be the battle of the two undefeated teams. It just didn't interest me, and there was yeah. so much build up for even a low to the Aspoys. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't. Have you, have you seen uh, Shop AW now selling Aspoys t-shirts? Yeah. Uh, surely Danhausen's quite in to get a coin. Surely, he, surely, well, surely, hope he's getting a cut from that. I so. <laughs> just for getting fucking merch sold for them. He must be. There must be a, a thing with Dan Housen in place. Surely it's 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 so. If they're it's actually so state taking things from him, yeah, it's so intertwined now. Like he's tweeting about he's tweeting to MJF and all sorts. And it's mad. It's mad if they don't. Like, so you're, so you're having the ass boys. I mean, it was the, it was the least purposeful match on the card, probably with the exception of Punk versus Moriarty. But that was Punk v Moriarty, and so that was not as too good to be down on and banged. Yeah. Fair play. Uh, I'm gonna go for my. I'll go low first. Um, that's a small one, but I'm gonna say just the weird fixation on um Britt Baker and the CM Punk MJF promo. That's fair. Yeah. MGF, MGF's like, oh, you wanna you wanna you wanna get in the bed with a. Because you're sex, and then MJ Punk was like, No, not really. Uh, no. Like, oh, but you do, though, don't you? Like, well, yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a little bit weird. <laughs> so, I'll give that a I'll give... I'm going to be like Piper in Portland. The fuck you on a bit, mate. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give we'll give that the low, especially coming off the back of last week's promo work, which you know, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to happen again. Like we got to go from the highs of that to ah, that Britt Baker do the yeah. sexual. Like, well, no, mate, you know, <laughs> maybe not. And then I'm going to have for my high, I'm going to have Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander because it was a lovely. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story they told. I enjoyed. All of the all of Ruby Soho's like sort of shocked facial expressions when her moves didn't work. I thought they were very nice, and it's always nice seeing Chris Statlander just hoss someone around the ring a bit. No, so. I, I said to Jay on the news body, it's not often we see Statlander anymore. So I'm yeah. I'm glad when we do. Yeah, I, I mean between that and her choking wheelies around in a hotel room on BTA, yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Give it all yeah. to me. More, more Chris Statlander, please. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Um, we are going to be back with a, another Dynamite review next week. We'll also have a little recap of a Rampage for you. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get, there could be multiple title changes by this time next week, for all we know. Yeah. Be. We'll know the finalists of the Dynamite Diamond Ring match. Um, yeah. We'll have... Well, we'll be mourning the, the loss of John Silver. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're, if we're a little bit late next week, it's because we'll be in mourning for a day or two um, following that. <laughs> taking a few days off or... yeah uh, right so that's going to do it from us uh, as always stay safe enjoy your wrestling and we will see you all very soon goodbye before becoming a wrestler The Rock was addicted to heroin fortunately he decided to lay the smack down <laughs> that's, we're never getting The Rock on the podcast you know because it's like that <laughs> Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. (laughs) 